Warning, this podcast contains strong language, graphic nudity, and depictions of extreme stupidity and is meant only for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Or not, you do you. I hate you so much. Welcome to the worst podcast on Mars, also known as Test Dummies. I'm Amanda. Why do you hate me? Why do you hate me? I don't. Mm-hmm. That's Evan, by the way. This is the podcast that is working its way through the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's list of 200 definitive albums, going album by album, trying to give you the history, and trying to figure out why it was so popular and why it's on this list. This week we're doing Dave Matthews Band Crash. But before we get into that, I know it has been a while since we've recorded. Last episode was Leonard Skinner. Nope. Was R. Kelly's R. Yes. And again, I hashtag sorry, not sorry on that one. Because like like we said in that episode, we did it because it was on this list. And if that list gets updated, I'm sure it will not be on the list now. But um, do you have any corrections from that episode? Nope, because it's been too long since I <laughs> listened to it and don't remember what I said. Okay. So should I just get into it then? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I give you permission. Great. You have my blessing to continue. Okay. So uh, we're doing Dave Matthews Band Crash. It was released April 30th, 1996 and is number 48 on this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list. Okay. I'm... I, <laughs> my... It's just so weird, like, the way you pronounced it and so much emphasis on it. Like, I was waiting for something else to come with it, and you just stared at me. Well, <laughs> it had to do with the placement on the chart, because I just have the number, I just have the album and the artist. I don't have the charting, info, I don't have where it's placed on this list. Right. So, you tell me, hey, this is in the top 15. Why? Wait. I... Because I already have my opinions of the album, and then you tell me where it's placed. It's like, yeah. Am so I stupid? For it to be forty-eight, you're kind of surprised. Is that high? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's. I mean, get into I, it. based on. Real quick, I know we talked OAR. It's the same type, same kind of time frame, same type of style. But they didn't have any success, so I'm wondering because you said this was '96 or '94. 96 because it, it's maybe a year before that so why do you have two albums that sound similar one just this critical acclaim and one you know what i mean now granted the oar was a debut but still well let's get into it crash was the second studio album for the group and became the sound that held dave matthews band as the Again, I wrote these notes a long time ago, and I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Okay, starting over. Crash was the second studio album for the group and became the sound that held Dave Matthews Band as the epitome of, quote, neoliberal darlings of Bill Clinton's happy, wealthy, largely white United States. Okay, that's a lot of words. <laughs> it was the... But that's interesting because of something that I have to bring up later. Okay. It was the mellow, soft rock sound that kind of contradicted the grunge-slash-punk-slash-angry-women stuff coming out around the same time. If you think this album has a similar sound to Paul Simon's Graceland, you'd be right. 
<laughs> I say, you'd be wrong and you'd lose all your points. Dave Matthews was born and raised in South Africa. After, I think I did know that. After moving around a bit with his family, he returned to South Africa before moving to the States. You can hear this influence throughout Crash. Fun fact, Crash was so popular that Dave Matthews' band sold out a show at Madison Square Garden in just three hours. They added a second show, which sold out again. Fun fact, Matthews himself will often make fun of the writing that was done for Crash. In fact, when talking about the track 41, number 41, sorry, he said, quote, I had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. I've had people talk to me about that song and how much it means to them, and I'm like, maybe you can sit down and explain it all to me. I thought that was hilarious. I have a, I have a question. Yes. I'm sitting here thinking about it. Is this the first one that we've had that is not a UK slash US? Well, North America, because I, I know we did Rush, but I'm going to include Canada as part of that. Technically, this is U.S. Cause they, well, he's but he's from. He's from there, but the band formed when he was in the States. And I want to say they're from West Virginia, Virginia. That, like that Okay, area, is, he the, is, is he the first one that with major roots outside of the U.S. slash U.K.? Well, we did ACDC. Yeah, I guess. Although you could say that's uk jail <laughs> i mean i'm not wrong no but i see i see what connection you're trying to make because this list is heavily england and united states with a little bit of canada, canada sprinkled in because we've yeah. had what three i think so Shania twain celine dion and rush yeah so yeah but um i didn't have a lot of background and i'll get into that a little bit more here in a little bit um, that is really all I could find about the the history of it. And I'm very disappointed, especially since it's so highly... On this list? Yeah, like, I don't know. but it, It's kind of, it's the same thing that we kind of talked about last week in the sense that there's not a whole lot of information that you can find. Yes. As there, there have been a couple other of these for various reasons why we can't find information, but it's one of those that it's on this list... Why can I not find any information about it? Right. It would be nice. Okay, so let's talk about that list real quick. It is straight up. I, I mean, you found it off of Wikipedia. And if you were to go to Wiki and search this list, it literally just has the list of the albums it in, has, in the order. It has the, the artist, the album, the placement on the list, and the release date. Yes. I mean, if we went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's website and I, you know, did some digging there for each individual album, I probably could figure it out. But that is really what we're working off of is straight up a list. It doesn't even like, you know, with Brett Schweetz, I use him a lot. That website, he has a little like two paragraphs about why that album is where it is, you know, so it, that's helpful. Um I think we're we're gonna get a little bit more of an answer here when I I talk about the culture, but I don't have. I'm guessing it was story behind it. I'm guessing charting and the time frame that it was released. Yes, but let's get into it. So, Crash sold a million copies within its first month, 
and had a successful run over the next year. It went septuple platinum, which is 7 million copies, and to this day still remains their best-selling album. Well, can you name another... Can you name another song of Dave? No, Matthews? because I don't like Dave Matthews Band. But you know what I mean? It's that that's a little I don't know if I want to use the word unfair, but that's the songs that you know by unless you're right. a huge fan of them, you're not gonna know any other songs, so therefore you're not gonna know any other albums. So this is one that uh the parents buy their kids mm-hmm. kind of album, you know. I've heard one song off of here, here. This is, this sounds good. You listen to this. You know, this isn't one of those that I think somebody heard another song of theirs and be like, oh, okay, I got to go get this album. Mm -hmm. Are you done? No. The album peaked at number two on the charts and the track Crash Into Me would be the group's most famous song. The track went to number 9 on Billboard's Adult Top 40 Airplay Chart and number 19 on Billboard's Hot 100 Chart. It would also be nominated for a Grammy for Best Rock Performance by a Duo or Group. What's the song about? A Peeping Tom. It's a song about a guy who has a high school crush who he can't have. Which one? Crashing to me, right? Yeah. Okay. Although creepy, the song is iconic with many believing it to be lovely and beautiful. One such instance is Greta Gerwig. She used a song in her film, Lady Bird. Every breath you take. Yeah. So the singles release, Crash Into Me. Yeah, that's kind of... Fun fact, according to Spotify Records, Crash Into Me has been played more times than the group's next four songs combined. Fun fact... What? Yeah, I was going to say, which isn't a surprise. Fun fact, in in 2012... L.A. Weekly named Dave Matthews Band as the worst band of all time. <laughs> what year? You said? 2012. Nickelback hadn't hit their stride yet. I mean, they were they were hitting it, but they were kind of on it. I'm surprised that those two aren't tying. And I, I understand that people don't like Nickelback. I I don't understand the reason behind like why some bands are and all that, how they get these labels, but yeah, that's another one that I would hear that I think would have been tie or going for that yeah. crown. So that's really all I have and I I'm very very disappointed in the lack of information for this album. Just about everything I found talked about either crash into me and the creepiness of it. Like, I even found a blog post talking about how iHeartMedia removed the song from airplay for a bit after 9-11 because of the title. Mm. Or... Well, there's another one, um, System of Down's Chop Suey, I think, got some controversy around that time. For what? Self-righteous suicide. Oh. Or there were articles that talked about the Chicago Bridge incident. <laughs> Um, I know that story. Yeah, everything else was just talking about how great an album this was, but not necessarily the why. Unless I completely missed it, I have no clue why it's on this list. Like, a lot of them, they were like, I was such and such age when my uncle took me to my first Dave Matthews Band concert, and I've been a um, DMB head forever. Or, like, I remember where I was when I was listening to Crash Into Me, making out with my girlfriend, and it's, it's such a great song. It's... It's not helpful. 
So, yeah, it was, if you tried to Google crash, and you try to Google Dave Matthews Band, and you, like, we're talking about this album, like, when I, when I do these things, I do artist, album title, and then I add, like, studio album. Well, I think if you put quotes around part of it, yes. it limits your search. But it will still bring you Dave Matthews Band emptied their tour bus bathroom over the Chicago River, or Dave Matthews Band's song Crashed Into Me is super, super creepy, and it should not be listened to as much as it is today. Isn't it's- there, like, a mini golf? Yes, at the okay. I actually I think I talk about it at the Navy Pier in Chicago. I remember where now it this was. was when did we go? It was in college, like two thousand five or six. We went. We played mini golf at the Navy Pier in one of the holes. You have to put your ball up this bridge, and it goes down the tour bus and on top of the barge. And I would probably guess that's hole eighteen where it. Where you can't get the ball back. I don't remember. I mean, it's been so long. I remember that because I had no clue what it was about. And they had a little plaque. And so I was like reading reading about it. I had, I had no idea. But let me uh, thank my sources. Thank you to Crash, Dave Matthews Band by Grayson Haver-Curran. Published October 10th, 2021 on Pitchfork.com. Thank you to Dave Matthews Band Crash Awaken Something in Me by Jonah Kruger, published June 28, 2023 on Consequence.net. Thank you to The Eyes Have It, A Quarter Century of Watching and Being Watched by Dave Matthews by Katie Baker, published April 30th, 2021 on TheRinger.com. Thank you to Crash Into Me at 25, Dave Matthews Band's signature song is Creepy, Cool, and Totally Iconic by Patrick Ryan, published May 3rd, 2021 on News.Yahoo.com. Thank you to Dave Matthews Band Crash Turns 25 Anniversary Retrospective by Justin Chadwick, published April 28, 2021 on Albumism.com. And thank you to Greta Gerwig Somehow Redeems Dave Matthews Band Crash Into Me by Amanda Petrouche, published November 7th, 2017 on NewYorker.com. Hey, Evan. I had a Brett Sweets one all planned out. And then yeah, you didn't no, use no it. Brett Sweets for you today. You'll have Jerk. to save it next time. Um, all right, Evan. Give us your review. So, excluding all the information that you gave me, because I didn't listen to a thing you said of anyway. Course. I'm still going to keep crashing to me. Okay. You know, I don't get into... I mean, I, I don't prefer every breath you take. I don't think I just... I think it's the song itself. It's not the subject material. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't like that. This is still an okay sounding piece of music to me so that is that's not gonna change my opinion the other one i kept is so much to say Mm -hmm. this isn't something that's particularly my style but i can listen to it every once in a while but i can't listen to it in large doses sorry quick question for you um back in the early 2000s okay Jimmy Fallon put out a comedy CD. Okay. And he did a whole like thing about troll dolls. Mm-hmm. Do you, did you ever hear that? The troll doll one. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, he, I think he did two of them. One of them does a little snippet from "So Much to Say," and that's all I can hear when I hear "So Much to Say." 
is Jimmy Fallon's version of it. Because that's... Isn't that four non-blondes? Some of it, yeah. That my troll doll? Yeah. There's a a bunch of different ones. Sorry, continue. So those are the only two that I guess are quote-unquote okay. You know, this isn't... This isn't something for me. Like, we've, we've run into this. Like, we were talking about earlier in the week. Like, OAR is the same kind of style. It's not for me. There, there are a couple songs that I really like of it. Mm-hmm. But a whole album of it, not for me. And then, specifically, can't figure out why it's that high on the list. You know, if it... We're, we're talking one single that hit the top ten... And that was nominated for a Grammy. And that sold. Now, was the Madison Square Garden concert related to this album in this time frame? Or was that I later think so. on? I think so. Okay. Because then you're looking at a million copies in its first month. Let, let's assume that it's not. Because I don't remember the date specifically. A million copies in the first month. A Grammy nomination and a top ten single. That could be a lot of albums. Right. And why this one specifically in this style, because you wouldn't... I understand that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is associated with different types of artists over the years. Mm-hmm. But this doesn't seem like something that they would go with. Like, like right. Paul Simon I get because of like the Simon and Garfunkel aspect, and that's it's early, early to mid-60s, so that's at the birth of this of rock moving kind of into that but something like that coming out in the 90s doesn't seem like that would be high up on their list right i don't know and um you know you mentioned the concerts there was one article i read where this guy was talking about like he you know went to a concert when he was younger loved it bought all their cds finally had a chance to go see them again when he was a little older they played zero songs that he knew. Yeah. And he was kind of disappointed because he's like, oh, they're going to play this song. I love this song. And they never fucking played it. And I think it, you know, so when you bring up like, why did it sell out? It, I'm wondering if, you know, Madison Square Garden sold out because of this album. And I don't know. You, you know what I mean? Like, I... It was a long time ago. Now, when I, did. <laughs> I guess the question would be: Do you think he could sell out Madison Square Garden now? No. Do you think he could have sold it out in? So this was ninety six. Do you think he could have sold it out in two thousand one? Or is this one of those just kind of flash in the pan artists that hit the right note at the right time, but has no staying power, which again should not be this high on this list. I think he would. Um, there's, you have to follow me here. Okay. Because I, I have, I have things stewing in my head. Real quick. Yeah. B minus C plus range. Those are the only two I kept. Okay. So, Billy Joel consistently sells out MSG. Yes. Okay. And I have, I have a, I have something to say to that, but continue your thought. So, also, relating this, um, Yesterday, um, peek behind the curtain, yesterday was 1st of January, and I didn't have to work, but you did, and I watched Trainwreck, which was the documentary about Woodstock 99, 
And so it brought on like the people that worked behind the scenes to kind of create it. And it talked about one of the the guys who was in charge of bringing in the musical acts. So you had like Red Hot Chili Peppers. You had Corn um, was a big one. You had Limp Biscuit. I vaguely remember the Limp Biscuit stories of. Yeah, you had. Um, Godsmack, I think, is part of it. God, I can see him. Um, Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Offspring. Offspring. I'm like, I know it starts with an O. Um, but then you also had Willie Nelson. That's not a surprise. And Cheryl Crow. And Jewel. But Jewel, what, I don't think I knew. What they did, and you had Bush. Those were the Bush one- was still, because that was late. That was late yes, 90s being an alternative. But what they did, cause they, and they, he said this when they were talking about Cheryl Crow's performance, is he brought her and artists like her in so it wasn't all heavy. And it was like appealing to the lighter rock mm-hmm. people. So it, you kind of had this like kind of ebb and flow with it, celebrating kind of all the genres. And when they showed scenes of it, of her playing, like, people are cheering, people are having a good time, they're clapping, they're singing along with her stuff. Granted, there was a lot of drugs and alcohol Well, it's just like in the original, you had... Who all did you have? Uh, The only things I can think of are, yes, you can make an argument, but Jimi Hendrix and Santana were two completely different style of sounds. Mm You know, so you could you get some of that. So that's not a surprise. Yeah. But, but my point, if you would let me make it, is there are people, there are a lot of people who like Dave Matthews' band. And I think if he were to do a show at Madison Square Garden now, he would get pretty close to selling it out, if not completely selling it out. Because I don't, I could be wrong, I don't think he's done a lot recently you're gonna get those people who are like you know like you who wants to go see judas priest here in a little bit it's but i don't i don't think you're gonna have a crowd that will travel as much to see him as they would to billy joel like i think people would travel from washington or Oregon because they grew it was more a it's more their parents listened to him as well because Billy Joel hasn't released new music in 20 years so he's living off of more the the older generation trying to get new people into that style of music and I don't think Dave Matthews would have that I could be wrong but I don't think he has the state the type of staying power to now granted this list was probably what 2000 it was 2007 seven so you're starting to get on the tail end of that mm-hmm. i would think again like we said last week if this was released if this list was updated okay let me instead of just giving my answer if this list was updated do you, is this still on the list and at what spot if it is it's a lot lower that's yes i would agree with that yeah so i mean you have almost at this point almost 20 years of more music 
with a lot of artists who are on like so Beatles have what what five albums on this? Mm, I think five or six. And there's nothing by Taylor Swift. She would be on the list at least one album, probably three. You know, we'll, it's, we'll call it two. That's that's one example. So if if he if this if Dave Matthews Band is still on this list, it's a lot lower. Yeah, I would, I would keep. The Beatles, I would take him off for 1989. Mm-hmm. I, w- I wouldn't put it as high as it is. as Doing the list today, I would not put 1989 at Dave Matthews' spot at number 48. Right. It would probably go on the list. So but somewhere, not, nothing higher than 150. I was going to say between 130 and 170. But your review. Yes. Got sidetracked. So um, I did know some of this album already. It played on the main radio station that we had in town. So I was already familiar with So Much to Say and Crash Into Me before this even started. And I was sure that I would recognize more along the way. I did like the way Two Steps started. It made me think of like a great concert opening. However, I didn't really care for the rest of that song or even the rest of the album. I've never liked Dave Matthews Band. I don't know if it's the sound of his voice or the overall sound of the music, but I've never liked it. If I were to personify the sound of Dave Matthews Band, it would be your stereotypical white guy wearing white socks with his New Balance shoes mowing the lawn. Uh, kind of nerdy dad. Vibe. The guy at the or the guy with the acoustic guitar on the college campus. Yeah. One of the articles I read even said that it's so 90s that, quote, it's the sonic equivalent of Hacky Sacks, the Rachel haircut, and Budweiser's Was Up commercial. I thought it summed it up pretty good. Was I think Was Up was a little too late for that. Mm. Nope. It was all around the same time. I thought that was 98? Friends, was, Friends started in 96. Well, yeah, but that had its... Okay. Just go. So uh, I didn't like it at the time, and I don't like it now. This isn't something that really transcends time, I think. I, I have no idea why it's on this list. I kept nothing. I gave it a D plus. And this is my lowest rating in a long time. I I don't even think I gave Rush this. Yeah, you did. Did I? I think you gave him a D. But I, yeah, I didn't know. So final thoughts from you? It's not terrible. It just doesn't have the staying power to be included on a list like this. Yeah. You know, I've I've heard worse. There are a couple that I know on the Tuesday episodes that I know are going to be worse. But I picked them. They're intentionally bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This was... I don't think it was intentional. I don't think it's supposed to sound as intentionally... Uh, it, as... I don't think it's intentionally supposed to sound as bad as it does now. Yeah. And I don't... I don't want to, like, come off as, like, we're attacking somebody who might love this album. No. We've said before, you like what you like. Yeah, like like I said, it's it's a good... It's it's not a bad album. It's not for me album. Yeah. I just... In the grand scheme of things, I think there's so much... Better music out there? Yes. Yeah. Even... I'm going to look at something real quick while you... Oh, crap. While I say my final thoughts? Yeah. 
So I can usually appreciate what the artist or group did for music or understand why an album was so popular, but not for this one. I really don't even understand the appeal of Crash Enemy. Yeah, it sounds pretty, but the lyrics are questionable. How this became one of the most popular wedding songs at the time is beyond me. I just don't get it. There are my final thoughts. So what are you looking up? So I was trying to get on Wiki to find like the album release dates because I normal that's how I keep track of kind of what's coming out. Like I know the Judas Priest. I can't think what day it is, but I can find the Wiki page and say, oh, it's going to be released on this day. And there are a couple albums that are coming out this day. I will say that based on what it says, it's the best album released on that date, but it's not the best album even released in April because Rage Against the Machine's Evil Empire came out like mm-hmm. two weeks earlier. You know, I don't know how the charting was, but but it is it deb- uh, this is according to the wiki page, debuted at number one with first week sales of a quarter of a million copies in the first week. And then two weeks later, Dave Matthew has a million in the first month. Uh, May fourth, May twenty fourth, two thousand. So, four years, certified triple platinum. So it has half the sales. Uh, won a Grammy, nominated for multiple Grammys. But you know that doesn't have anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just it's just weird. It kind of like what hits and what doesn't. Right, and. I don't. There was another one we did around the same time that was kind of like, oh, Cheryl Crow. Kind of similar around the same time. It was something different than all of the harder stuff. I think that might have something to do with it. But again, we are not provided with information as to why. We're just guessing. It's speculation. So speaking of guessing... We're going to move on to birthdays, and you're going to suck at this game. But we'll see if you've gotten better as the calendar's flipped over. Okay? Yeah, that's a no. It's January 19th. You ready? Yep. American singer-songwriter from the Everly Brothers, Phil Everly, who had the 1958 UK and US number one single, All I Have to Do is Dream, plus over 25 other top 40 hits. Uh, 1932. 39. How about Janis Joplin? Oh. U.S. singer had a 1971 U.S. number number one single with? Uh, Me and Bobby McGee. And the 1971 U.S. number one album? I don't know. Pearl. Can you tell me what year she died? Before the number one single. (laughs) She was at Woodstock, I'm pretty sure. So that narrows it down. Um, 1941. 43. U.S. singer-songwriter, actress, 1976 U.K. number seven single, 1981 U.S. number one single, wrote this song, which was a country number one, and became a U.K. and U.S. The okay, country number one in 1974. Became another UK US number one for another artist in 1992. But you didn't even give me a name. I know. That's what all that information should tell you who this is. Dolly Parton. Yes. Is it really? Yeah. When was Janis Joplin? 43. 44. 
46. Harvey Hensley, Hot Chocolate, who had the 1975 U.S. number three single, You Sexy Thing, the 1977 U.K. number one single, So You Win Again, and over 25 other top 40 hits. 48. 48. So does that mean we're done? You got one right? I'm going to attempt his last name. I know the. I can pronounce the first name. Okay. Okay. His name is Francis Buckles, something okay. like that. B u c h h o l z, from German rock band Scorpions. Okay. Fifty. Fifty. That's two in a row. You're almost at tic tac toe. <laughs> so we'll uh, end your tic tac toe game with John Parker, double bass, human beatbox. Vocals, Nislopi, N-I-Z-L-O-P-I, 2005 UK number one single, JCB song. And there is a bit of a jump, because the last one was 50. 62. 78. So we'll go on to In This Day. Okay. January 19th, 1963. The Beatles made their first national TV appearance in the UK on Thank You Lucky Star Thank Your Lucky Stars performing what song? What year? Nineteen sixty-three. Uh Strawberry Fields Forever. That's way too late. I don't know. Please please me. Okay. Nineteen sixty seven. The monkeys were at number one on the UK singles chart. With their only UK number one, this song was written, or was song was composed by Neil Diamond. Uh, it is one of fewer than 40 all-time singles to have sold 10 million or more physical copies worldwide. I don't know. How many monkey songs can you name? Offhand, I don't know. Like, my brain just... It's the one from Shrek. Oh, uh, I'm a believer. Yes. In 1971, tracks from this album were played in the courtroom... At this murder trial to de- to find out if any songs have influenced could have influenced these people to commit these crimes. So I'm guessing it's the Manson family murders. Yes. Okay. So songs from what album were played in the courtroom? Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter is not an album. The no, White- but that's including White Album. Yes. In 1980. The Wall started a 15-week run at number one on the U.S. album chart. It's Pink Floyd's third U.S. number one. It went on to sell over 23 million copies in the U.S. alone. It is still the third largest grossing album in the U.S. behind what two albums? One is easy, one's not so easy. One is Sgt. Pepper's. No. One is Thriller. One is Thriller, that's the easy one. I don't know, what's the other one? Eagle's Greatest Hits. And you know how I said, hey, that's interesting that you mentioned that like three hours ago when we started. Mm -hmm. In 1993, Fleetwood Mac reformed for what reason? I don't remember. To perform at Bill Clinton's inauguration. Oh. The band's Don't Stop was used as the theme for his campaign. So it's interesting that you brought up Clinton earlier. Yeah. In 1998, American singer, look at me. American singer-songwriter Carl Perkins died from throat cancer. Okay? Mm -hmm. So why do you know that name? 
Yeah, why do I know that name? I don't know. Blue Suede Shoes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first record on the Sun label to sell a million copies. Paul McCartney claimed that if there were new if there were no Carl Perkins, there would be no Beatles. Okay. In 2001, it was reported that this person was set to become the world's first pop star billionaire. Said to be worth around $725 million and was expected to become a billionaire after huge hit, huge sales from a compilation from his band. From his band's compilation hits album. Okay. So it's a dude. And that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Paul McCartney. Oh, okay. In 2011, Steven Tyler made his debut on what TV show? American Idol. During the premiere of the show's what season? 732nd. 10th. <laughs> Who did he replace? Simon Cowell. Correct. Hey, you got something right. Okay. So there's a lot of information here that you're going to have to go with, okay? Okay. So, Bruce Springsteen, in 2014, Bruce Springsteen scored his 10th UK number one album. Okay? Okay. Who is number one on the list of UK number one albums? They have 15. I don't know. Beatles. Okay. And this solo act has 12. Michael Jackson. Madonna. Madonna. That's what I said. And these two solo acts each have 11. I don't know. Elvis. Okay. And Robbie Williams. Really? Each have 11. Rolling Stones and U2 also have 10. They are all in front of ABBA, Bowie, and Michael Jackson. And then we'll just leave it at that. Because I don't have anything else. Interesting. All right. Except for the what was that? That was my wrist. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening. We need to end this because I need medical attention. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram and Threads at Worst Pod on Mars and Facebook at the Worst Podcast on Mars. Send us an email at worstpodonmars at gmail.com. Um, stop by, say hi. Uh, you can support us by giving us a rating and a review. Somebody gave us a rating. Didn't leave a review, but they gave us five stars. Thank you. Um. Evan's looking at me because he had no clue. He doesn't check out this nope. stuff. That's a you thing. Come back next week when we're going to do Sex Pistols, Never Mind the Bullocks. Here's the Sex Never mind the what? Bollocks. Bullocks? Bollocks. 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 I'm an American. Go away.